You're listening to Fight in Progress. With your hosts and stress coaches, founder of Under the Shield, Susan Simmons, and TomTheBomb.com. Fight in Progress grapples with the internal and external struggles in the daily lives of our men and women in law enforcement, the armed forces, and first responders. Tackling the tough topics and supporting those who support us. We hear you, and we're here for you. Welcome back to our, what episode? Do we have a clue what episode? I have no idea. We're just lost over here. I know we're over 100. We're over 100, (laughs) yeah. Episode, whatever number it is, of Under the Shield presents Fight in Progress. And Tom, how are you this morning? I'm doing good. This is Susan Simmons, one of your hosts. Who are you today? Uh, Just my normal self. Tom the Bomb. Uh, you go from Tom the Bomb to your name to your whatever to mad cow disease uh, well, you know. to whatever floats your boat that day, I exactly. guess. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, we have uh, two guests that I'm real excited to get the word out about because I don't think people know enough about this. I guess we call it a treatment program. Is that an accurate term for? It's actually a, a resiliency program, wellness and resilience. Okay. But do we consider it a treatment? Uh, no, it's much more of an intervention. Uh, a mm. treatment is more in the medical model. Okay. And this is an intervention because it's a wellness model. Okay. Mm. All right. We'll have to keep that in right. our vocabulary. I won't remember it tomorrow, <laughs> but anyway, maybe I will because I actually start this intervention See, <laughs> today, as a matter of fact. <laughs> but we have Dr. Stacy Smith and Mike Southworth. Am I saying that right? Yes. With us today from a group that I've already told them this. I thought it was a bunch of hoo-ha when I first heard about it, (laughs) probably about a year ago. And I have had a complete reversal in my thinking after seeing this and now actually going to be able to go go through the program that I'm real excited about. And it's called Vitania. And so, gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. And I hope we're going to be able to educate a bunch of people especially here in Arizona, first responders here in Arizona, meaning police and fire for this program right now, and uh, and also across the country because you're in other states and hoping that we can get this thing spread to all 50 states. There haven't We haven't added one. No, that, I haven't added <laughs> Or lost one, have we? <laughs> no one's defected yet. <laughs> Not yet. There's some that may be close. <laughs> yeah, so we'll update you if we hear of anybody pulling out there the next go. hour. Yeah, we definitely need to, to get the word out to, of what the program is because I know when I first heard about it, it was – it was kind of like secretive, hush hush. You, no one could really explain what it was. Yeah, is it so, electric shock or exactly, is it a lobotomy? Yeah. <laughs> or, I was offering to do to perform it if it was a lobotomy on some of them, but um, but I think that uh, this is something. It's I can't really say new because you were just telling us it's been around for twelve years. Yeah, that's right, Susan. So we we came up with this concept. Uh, quite some time ago in 2011, we started our first retail store um, in 2012 in Scottsdale, Arizona. Okay. So we've been we've been plugging away for quite some time. All right, um, awesome. And again, I, you know, all of this brain stuff. You know, Dr. Smith and I were talking the first time we met. We, st- you know, we still don't know half of what all the brain can do and and what it's responsible for. I don't think. Yeah, not at all. Um, I think. 
if I said the human race knows about 14% about the brain, I would be being generous. Generous. (laughs) And some of us know a whole lot less than that (laughs) and probably don't need to know much more. That's for sure. It's kind of scary. As long as it keeps working. So tell us how this all came about, Mike. You, You are the owner of this company, correct? Yeah, that's right. So I'm I'm actually partners with uh, Dr. Rodney Ray, and we um, we we got together and we saw an opportunity, and the opportunity was to take a different approach to the way that um, that people became well. And the concept is, or the fundamentals, are that your brain or our brains are supercomputers. Mm-hmm. And so if you look at it, a lot of the um, symptom chasing is uh, is the downstream. Uh, approach. Sure. And the upstream approach is figuring out what's going on with the brain, right? Is there is there misfiring, missignaling, or what's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we started looking at that as a uh, as a way to develop a new approach to wellness and resilience. And um, you know, it's been it's been actually very very successful. Yes. And how much? And uh, you know, like I said, as I start to to become part of this intervention. Uh, oh, they start doing an intervention. They may kick me out by next week. They, uh, poor, poor Allie, the coach, may go, I don't think we can do anything here. <laughs> at least she has a brain that's functioning. Uh, but, you know, our philosophy at Under the Shield has always been the brain controls the body, but how the body feels impacts what the brain thinks. So how much of that fits in with this as well uh, I know one of the big things that my clients that have gone through this and our director of operations has really bragged because she's about completed it. Um, but it's sleep is a big component of what it really seems to help first. Yeah, uh, we have done enough assessments um, since we've been around to be able to kind of predict what happens. And that's one of the reasons that we look at assessments and uh, whenever the brain goes into reparative action, the first thing it said is, I need sleep to be able to make all the rest of the changes. Mm-hmm. So it begins with sleep, and then it kind of what we call uh, clearing out the trash. Mm-hmm. So whenever people struggle with stress, anxiety, depression, trauma, it helps to flush all of that out. And at the same time that it's doing that, it's increasing resilience, executive functioning, quality of life. Sure. Hmm. And, you know, the populations that you're really, I hate using that word targeting with law (laughs) enforcement. They get a little sensitive about that word sometimes. Uh, But that population, so much of what we've seen it under the shield for 31 years has been sleep deprivation. And then it just feeds on itself and compounds it, and it leads to the anxiety, the depression, the drinking, the self-medicating, whether it's sex, porn, drugs, whatever it is. So this is kind of one of those things that can help get that back on track. Absolutely. And really fix a lot of the issues. Yeah. And so the studies and things that you've done, um, I know y'all were giving me a percentage when we met about the sleep part of it. It's helping... 40 to 60%. So people are able to fall asleep uh, a lot easier. So we find, you know, within three to five minutes a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, people are able to sleep throughout the night. If they do wake up in the middle of the night, uh, they're able, their mind didn't start up. 
so they don't have the chatter and they're able to fall asleep almost immediately again. Sure. And whenever they wake up, they feel much more rested, relaxed, and ready to go. Hmm. So they're quieting all those voices in their head. <laughs> right. That's what it's going to do. That's it. That's it. <laughs> we'll see. Here's your challenge. I'm going to be your He's challenge. going to knock that devil off your shoulder. <laughs> no, that's probably not going to happen. But um, So ex- kind of explain the program to us. Uh, so and you're technically the clinical. I am chief clinical officer. That's why he has doctor in front of his name. <laughs> <laughs> so there are three different major components of the program. Uh, the first is neurofeedback, mm-hmm. uh, where we basically talk with your brain. And um, one of the reasons I actually came on to Batania is because it is unique in the way that we let your brain guide our program. Okay. Uh, with the other programs, you may get a brain mapping, mm-hmm. and then the professional says, this is where your brain needs to go. Sure. In our program, we let your brain guide our process. Hmm. Okay. And I'll That's guarantee where it's going to get scary. Not telling you. <laughs> right. Well, I'll guarantee you that if I were given the choice of having my education guide my program or my brain guide my program, I'd pick my brain every Absolutely. time. Absolutely. And so uh, with the neurofeedback component, we get a biomapping that basically says, here's a snapshot of where we are and here's here, uh, where we need to go. Okay. Uh, we have neurosupplementation mm-hmm. as a part of the process. Um, enzymes and antioxidants are a couple of the major components. But the real factor here is that we're taking both an electrical and a chemical approach to the brain. Okay. Um, and what we have found is by taking this dual approach, we have lasting outcomes. Mm-hmm. So people that are seven and a half eight years out of the program still have like 85 to 90 percent of the benefits that they had from going through the program for six months. So could Hmm. they come in and uh, do you see that they may need a tune-up at some point or if there's additional trauma or? So uh, that's a great question. What we find for the majority of the people is it's kind of a one and done. Okay. What we find in the first responder population and the active military population is that some people have basically chronic instances of being exposed to traumatic events, Mm -hmm. um, and those individuals may need a tune-up. We had one individual um, that was assistant chief of a fire uh, station, and after about four years, she wanted to do the program again, and she did sessions for two weeks, and then said, "You know what? I'm good." Nice. And so the tune-ups are very limited because we're building basically a eight-lane highway in the brain mm-hmm. for like healthy adaptive neural processes. Okay. And I'll ask this question from my own situation. Like I said, I'm starting today uh, just before lunch. Um, 
I'm one of those who was diagnosed with adult attention deficit disorder. I know that will shock my audience here. <laughs> yeah. I'm letting you in on my hip. At least stuff it was here. adult. <laughs> only because we didn't, only because I'm so damn old, we didn't know about it when I was a kid and I could have used it. Let me That's assure right. you. I'm one of those that book, you mean I'm not lazy, stupid, or crazy was written for. You would have had a good excuse. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah. Um, but stimulant medication. Like Ritalin, Adderall, Concerta, does that have any, should I not be taking that prior to coming in? Uh, or does that impact it one way or the other? So, number one, we're not going to tell you to change any medication whatsoever. Okay. Uh, that's a job of your psychiatrist, mm -hmm. and I'm not going to step into that lane. I mean, I, it's an as-needed Sure. You know, I use it when I'm teaching to stay on track, that kind of stuff. But. I will say what we have found is that ADD, ADHD is basically when two things aren't connecting right. in the brain. <clears throat> the medication comes in to fill that spot so that things connect and work efficiently and effectively. I use the example of a VCR and a television. Two halves of the brain, they can both be electrically fine, but you used to have to have the TV on channel three or four or whatever right. for them to talk, and the medication puts them together. During the course of our six-month program, the uh, the brain mm -hmm. uh, is able to make those connections move closer and closer together. Nice. Uh, the dendrites in the brain, right? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like tree branches. So they get closer and closer together to where they are able to fire and connect in that kind of a way. Nice. And we find that a lot of people are able to either decrease the dosage mm -hmm. or entirely stop their medication. Yeah, and I'd like to add to that. You know, when, when I think of children mm -hmm. with ADD, AD, you know, um, with those types of situations, uh, and we've had parents bring children in and say, hey, is there anything you can do or can we put them in a program sure. and see how this works? Sure. And, of course, we're very excited to do that. But in my observation, mm -hmm. I see these children as Ferraris mm -hmm. with no brakes. Mm -hmm. They I go, agree. go, go. And I they, agree. But they have no stopping mechanism. <laughs> right. And as they go through a Vitania program, it's it's amazing to see those brakes get installed where they can utilize them. Sure. And we've we've seen kids that, you know, teachers are saying, hey, you know, we may have to hold this child back, or you know, we have to consider, you should consider doing something about this. Sure. And within two, three weeks in our program, they're no longer a problem. Their their grades improve by two or nice. three notches. And it's not because the child became smarter. No. It's because they're now able to apply the brakes. Sure. And, you know, and sit down and finish a test and do what they need to do. Sure. So yeah, it's it's really amazing how um, or the positive Mm -hmm. outcomes from this program. Well, and that's good because too many parents, well, first of all, we're way over diagnosing this stuff. You know, when you start diagnosing it, five, six, seven, eight, to me, third grade, earliest third grade. And uh, it, and it's the it's also the kind of thing, too, we've seen studies that, and I'm going to brag on myself now, um, ADD, ADHD, you're actually of higher IQ. It's just the rest of the world can't figure out what our brain is doing. We got it. We we I can I, I roll agree. with this population. Yeah. Most of them have ADD or ADHD, and it. But I just didn't want to do anything that was going to alter going in there today, and because again, it's a as needed. So, 
No, your brain takes into account all of the factors mm -hmm. and then begins to heal. Nice. And so what we find is people are like, uh, they go back to their doctor, go back to their psychiatrist, and they're like, I'm not having problems sleeping anymore. Mm -hmm. And they take them off the sleep meds. Sure. My brain is working more effectively. I'm not feeling scattered. I'm not feeling, mm -hmm. and they decrease the dosage and maybe take them off of those medications as well. Well, my son also wants to know, is it going to help with my dementia and possible Alzheimer's? <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about the chemo brain part of it, but he well, says I had these issues prior. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's a, a much longer conversation. <laughs> and the truth is we're not actually going to know until either my kids or my grandkids sure. because you're having to do studies that last over a long period of time. Mm -hmm. But the two decades of research that they currently have say that biofeedback and neurofeedback uh, looks like it potentially helps those who might be diagnosed with Alzheimer's mm -hmm. because it increases the blood flow and the connection. Nice. Uh, Dementia is a different mechanism. They're certainly doing research into that, but they're much less definitive as how that might help until, honestly, people die or go through those processes. Sure, sure. Mm -hmm. um, so, again, who's, who's the brain whiz behind the development of this whole program? There's teams. Okay. Yeah, there's teams of people. We've got developers and writers and... You know, just we've been doing a lot of uh, testing and feedback and just continual development. Even today, we're continuing to develop. And does the program change with the development? Yes, it does. Okay. And yep. is it adding new things that it's doing? Yep. Cool. Yep. New things. And it, sometimes it's a minor tweak, you know, that we're looking at. Mm -hmm. And uh, just even in the way the coaches are interacting and different different information that's uh, being disseminated. It's just amazing how um, how fluid the development is, is of this program. You know, I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, sometimes we joke around at the office and we say serendipity is the major component of our business plan, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> we're just, we're just like, feel like we're lucky to even be in the space and be able to be getting the outcomes we're getting. So, sure. you know, obviously we're, we're always open to all sorts of ideas and development and relationships. Um, but about three years in to um, doing what we do, mm -hmm. uh, we were introduced to a young veteran. Uh, she, she had been serving in the Army. She had had a really rough time. And she came out and was uh, ended up in a very bad place. Mm. She was working with the VA. Uh, she was, you know, not not getting out. Um, it it got so bad that she attempted suicide. I'm sure. Uh, her therapist knew about Vitania. Was actually a client had gone through a program, um, and she she tells us that she begged. Uh, Rebecca mm -hmm. and said, Rebecca told her, this is, I've got, you know, more plans uh, to complete what I started. Sure. And she said, before you do that, please try this one last thing. Mm -hmm. Try this. When we first met her, she came in with, with her, her therapist. Her therapist said, I'll stay by your side. I'll sit through the sessions with you. Mm -hmm. 
She looked down. She never looked up. She looked at her shoes. She mm -hmm. looked at the ground. Um, and she went through a session. Mm -hmm. We started to see such amazing changes. And this, I'm telling you this story because this was an aha moment for us. It was sure. actually a pivotal moment sure. for us then deciding that we should really develop our program and focus on what we could do for military vet and veterans. Mm -hmm. And then I'll tell you a little bit more of the story, and that turned into how we can help law enforcement and first responders. Um, but as we were going through this six-month program, uh, I don't remember the exact dates, but you know, about six weeks in, mm -hmm. you know, she walks in, she's looking up. Head up. Yeah. About, you know. Sure. A little further down the road, she's now talking to people in the waiting room, you know. <laughs> but my favorite, my favorite part of that whole story was at the six-month mark, I'm in my conference room, which has glass doors. I'm in a meeting, you know, <laughs> and she's knocking on the door and waving. <laughs> and oh, she's wow. got a big smile on her face, and she's knocking and waving. And I, I stopped the meeting. I said, guys, listen, I... I have to talk. I have to talk this out. <laughs> this is this is important to me. Absolutely. So I brought her in, and she goes, "Hey, I just got a job." I'm like, "That's fantastic!" Wow. She's like, "I'm so excited. I'm getting back into weight training. I want to. I'm going back to school." Um, She's living life. Living yeah. life again. And wow. I, and I was joking. I'm like, "You ought to just stay home." <laughs> You know, you're on full disability retirement. <laughs> you should just travel. Yeah, travel, go to concerts. And she goes, that's not the way I'm wired. Uh -huh. I want to be involved in the community. I'm wired to serve. I want to go yep. out there. I want to just, I want to do these things. It was, it was just amazing. But the end of the story is, and I know we talked a little bit about, um, you know, drug therapies, right. which, by the way, probably saved her life. Sure. Right? Drug intervention, too. But it's temporary. It, it cannot be a lifelong solution. Right. That's the problem. And what we find over and over again is that people that are able to optimize their brain functionality have a reduced dependency <laughs> on drugs. Mm -hmm. And I don't care if they're pharmaceutical or otherwise. Sure. And she was abusing drugs and, uh, according to her, on about 30 medications from the VA, her psychiatrist, psychologist, doctor. I couldn't name 30 medications <laughs> in those in those types. Can yeah. you imagine? And, no. And so at the end of our program, she was on zero nice. medications, not abusing alcohol, not, not any of those things. She was nice. ready to re-engage. And so, you know, those are the, uh, that of course is a spectacular, um, you know, story. An outcome, yes. Right, yeah. but but it gave us new direction sure, and it gave us new motivation. Absolutely. And so we really started to work with the, with the military and the veteran community at that point. So this was like, what, seven, eight years ago? Um, so as we started to do that, once again, serendipitously, uh, all, of, all of our programs were done in person. Mm -hmm. And out of the blue, we decided, hey, we're working with technology. Why don't we see what kind of outcomes we can have remotely? Sure. And so we got an opportunity to work with a, um, a college in Montana. In Everything's middle. remote up there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking like you had to take a plane 
and a train, <laughs> and then an automobile, <laughs> and then a horse. <laughs> and a horse. <laughs> we get to this college, and they specialize. Their focus is veterans because rural America has a lot of veterans, and so yes. they were educating veterans and getting them, you know, put nice. into new careers. Really great organization out there. Um, so we start providing services remotely through Zoom, mm -hmm. and we're, we we established all of the. Um, all of the technology on the premises, so it was on campus, and nice. we're connecting our coaches remotely through Zoom. Well, we get the outcomes, and we're getting the same outcome. Mm -hmm. And this was super exciting. And then, interestingly enough, what happens right after that? COVID. <laughs> COVID shuts down the country. Guess what? And we already have study outcomes <laughs> that we can do this remotely. So. So, yeah, you know, we flip a switch and we start going that direction. But um, as we, <clears throat> prior to COVID, uh, because of the work that we were doing, um, and we had done some stuff with special forces uh, mm -hmm. that we got uh, recommended to the Pentagon. And yes. so we got invited out to make a presentation. So Stacy and I and our wow. team and, you know, we're all dressed up, suit and tie. We're super excited. And our presentation day was set for Friday the 13th, <laughs> which uh, happened to be on a full moon, <laughs> <laughs> which happened to be March 13th, uh -huh. which if you know what happened March 13th back in 2000, that was the shutdown of the United States for COVID. Right. And That's so right. on Thursday night, um, we, we made a call and said, hey, are we still on? They go, the Pentagon doesn't shut down. Of course, you're still on. Friday morning, we got a call and said, yeah, you're everything shut down. Nobody's, nobody's coming or going. And we were, I mean, you know, you feel like that's the opportunity of a lifetime. Absolutely. Like this is our time to be on stage. And then we got sent home. And so we were, we were fairly disappointed. Sure. From that, the invitees of that meeting included Air Force, FBI, different, you know, there's everybody was going to be there. Sure. So then we get calls and the Air Force says, Hey, listen, this COVID shutdown thing has caused us tremendous amount of mental health problems, and we're not able to get to our people. Mm -hmm. You know, what can you do? And we said, well, we just happened to know that we could do this remotely. <laughs> <laughs> so we started sending out equipment wow. to the Air Force and having them deploy it uh, to, office, uh, to um, military members that were at home wow. that were suffering and same outcomes, just amazing things were happening. So, and then we get a call from the FBI mm -hmm. and HRT reaches out and says, Hey, can you, can you come out to uh, Quantico? I'm like, sure. <laughs> so, so we go out to Quantico, we make a presentation and, and we install, we're installed on, you know, out there helping. So little by little, even though um, COVID hit, which we thought was going to hurt disrupt you, everything, yeah. completely Absolutely. disrupt us. Uh, we, we were afraid that we might go out of business. We actually grew. Sure. And now now in this post-COVID world, uh, as you know, um, there was uh, there's ARPA funding that went out. And a, and a lot of people don't understand that the ARPA funding was given to governors. It's to, federal money. Federal money. Given to the governors. Right. To help with post-COVID cleanup okay. in, in all sorts of areas and in infrastructure, you know, because they... You know, like when the schools got shut down, they found out that a lot of the kids didn't have communication. They didn't have Internet. They weren't able to go to school at home. Sure. So, you know, some uh, amazing things are being done with the ARPA money. Well, um, 
so we were uh, working very closely with different foundations. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so through the ARPA funds and through Governor Ducey's office when, when he was in just uh, a year ago, he approved uh, a grant that would allow us to help all police officers and first responders in Arizona that wanted to go through a program. Police and fire. That's correct. And deputies. That's right. And, right. and, and detention. And employees. Right. Right. Civilian employees. But we haven't gotten to the paramedics, the EMT side yet, or they are included in the fire. Yeah, not we're we're still working that out. And also, you know, we'd like to get into medical doctors, nurses, you know, all all those areas Please. of right, of community <laughs> support, right? Sure. Um, essential. But as we started to move out, um, we we got tremendous acceptance. I mean it, it was it was actually a it was like turning on a switch because I can tell you that our battle was all uphill before mm -hmm. before COVID. I bet. And COVID shined a light on what really was happening with the mental health of America mm -hmm. and globally, quite frankly. But um, and now funds were available to do something about it outside of local budgets. Mm -hmm. So we're able to now go in and we're building out an infrastructure of mental resilience stations within the departments across Arizona uh, so that officers can have access to this on the job, on location. Sure. Well, and, you know, going back to the medication part, what we find in the personalities that we deal with in the military and first responders, you know, taking pills, they feel like makes them a victim it because it isn't you're taking it like an antibiotic and you're going to take it for 10 days and then you're done and you've taken care of the infection. It's an, they see it as an ongoing, I'm damaged goods, and I have to take these meds. And when you One of the other <clears throat> comments that I hear from them is sometimes the side effects are you feel like you're in a fog. Yes. Nobody wants to be in a fog when you may have a gun pointed in Absolutely. your face. Absolutely. And the other population <clears throat> of that that I've worked with right after 9-11 were the airline pilots who started carrying guns. You sure don't want a pilot with with or without a gun up there too foggy either. And they can only take certain medications and that doesn't necessarily cover uh, the needs that they have. And so to me, and that's what we've always tried to do it under the shield. We try to give them things they can do. They don't have to come into the office to do. Uh, and when you're talking about putting these things in the police departments, in the fire departments, and they can go in and remote in with a coach, you know, that's as good as doing it at home because they spend more time at the police department, the fire department than they do at home anyway. And it, you know, it's in a private room that they walk in and they can do that. And, you know, and when you hear six months, you hear twice a week for six months, people go, Oh my God, I got, you know, I can't do that now. You go, yeah, but the sessions don't run, but what, 15 minutes. Yeah. Five to 15 minutes. Yeah. So we're, we're not talking about a major commitment here on time. You go in, you can do it on duty. And then you're right back out on the road. It isn't like you got to go decompress from something that somebody's given you or done. Yeah, yeah. And and I think that's a huge draw. Plus, nobody in the first responder world has a problem saying I have issues with sleep because that isn't tied to any type of a mental illness. And they're so sensitive to that stuff. They're all crazy, uh, you know, <laughs> but there's a difference in crazy and mentally ill. Don't you agree? Absolutely. <laughs> Big Absolutely. differences. And so when you can tie it to something that they don't have to worry, although honestly, people should freak out when cops say I'm sleep deprived, but they don't freak out over that and they understand it. 
Yeah, and when they hear that it can increase the performance in their job, sure helps. Uh, one of the ways I like to describe it to them is think about Olympic athletes. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the runners, the difference between first place and 10th place may just be a fraction of a second or a couple of seconds. Sure. If we can give them a couple of extra seconds in the response time, mm-hmm. that could make the difference between life and death. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's... Yeah. I, you know, I also, I have to add that one of the biggest advantages or differentiators about our approach is that we are not a broken cop program. Right. This is a performance program, yes. just like Stacy was saying. It just so happens to perform better. Mm-hmm. You have to remove some of the barriers. And so really, if you, if you were to dissect our program over six months and the reason it takes a while, the first three months, we're trying to make repairs and remove barriers mm-hmm. that have been put in place through trauma from trauma. Sure. You know. Sure. And so obviously reduced anxiety, reduced depression, reduced trauma is going to clear the way for faster reaction times, better memory, better sleep. Sure. Right? So it's it's a natural outcome to optimizing brain performance. Uh you know, to remove those barriers. Sure. And I think when you use terminology like that, human performance, brain performance, because I don't, uh, we don't use the word mental health here, because again, that's automatically assumed to be mental illness. Mental wellness is, is not necessarily a real positive either, um, because anything that's connected to mental, they see it with the people that they deal with. They have to take over mm-hmm. to community bridges and wherever they have to take them. But when you start talking about performance, and again, that's where ours came in with calling it stress coaches. We're in the game with you. We're calling plays. That play doesn't work. We'll call another one. Um, it, it's that kind of thing. And we're not sitting in some ivory tower telling you how to do it. We've done it. We've lived it. And I think that's really important. And that's where people, I try to explain it. And, you know, y'all don't want me explaining it like I do necessarily. <laughs> but the minute I say it'll help you with sleep, all of a sudden the fog in their eyes clears and they're like, okay, now now I'll, I want to talk about this. Um, so that's why we want to expose y'all to and get you in as many of the agencies where we work uh, and are doing the stress coaching because I think the two fit nicely together because the issues that you're clearing up on the brain side have caused issues with spouses, with kids, with friends, with family, and then we also can help on that end of it as well in mending those fences and putting families back together a lot of times. Um, so, you know, and some of it too is is because it's a population, especially one of the things we found with police, is they don't talk about the aftermath of a shooting, what that looks like. They'll talk to you all day long about the tactical stuff and the badass and the shooting and all of that but they don't talk about the aftermath. So none of them understand that this stuff's normal. And that's something else that we have started bringing as officers who've had that. And they go, you want me to go stand in front of my peers and talk about being broken? (laughs) Yeah, I do. (laughs) They're like, okay. (laughs) And they do. And now we're normalizing even that. And then when you can get people going through your program and they go, yeah, sleeping's better. I don't have the anxiety. I'm not drinking as much or have the need, you know, Addiction is very much tied to trauma. Nobody wakes up and goes, God, I think I want to be a drug addict today or a drunk today. They're self-medicating. And when we can f- 
fix those things that prevent the need for that, six months is nothing. Right. Twice a week for six months exactly. is nothing. I know you wanted to ask about the migraines. Um, well, my first question is, um, have you guys worked with anybody that's had uh, traumatic brain injuries? I suffered a traumatic brain injury from a motorcycle wreck 20 years ago. That he doesn't remember. Yeah. That's why he got um, back on the motorcycle. I was in a coma uh, for four, a little over four months. I had no short-term memory. Um, so I'm just curious. Now, ever since then, I've suffered uh, migraines. And I'll, I'm on medication for migraines, and I still get four to five a month. And it's just... So... <clears throat> We have worked with uh, quite a few individuals that have had TBIs. Um, I want to be careful here because we have not done a research study where, you know, we've, we've taken all the controls sure. to be able to say uh, definitively that Batania does X, Y, Z. But our experience with several dozen individuals uh, some of them have had TBIs for five years, 10 years, 15 years, and struggled with different issues mm -hmm. as a result. They go through our program, <clears throat> and those results either uh, are reduced significantly or eliminated whatsoever. We had one individual in Utah. Uh, she had a car crash, had a TBI. Uh, within one week of going to the neurologist, she came into our program. After three months, she went back to her neurologist for an assessment, and her neurologist said, you're about six to nine months ahead of where I would have expected mm -hmm. you to have been on with your brain repair. Nice. So we do know that Vitania does have an impact uh, with TBIs, whether they're recent or long-term. Um, and we look forward to opportunities to be able to work with people to do more uh, substantial research so that we can definitively right. say. But I, I hope that answered your question. Yeah, it, it does. Well, it gives indication that there right. may be enough data down the road that would show that this can help repair those things. Yeah. Yes. Because we've seen it in, in some people anyway. The brain can repair itself in certain areas. Um, and, and again, that's the whole thing with this PTSD diagnosis, that we just don't believe in the disorder side of it, meaning permanent. Um, we believe it's an injury. And there's lots of things out there that will probably help with that. But again, does it erase it and get rid of it? No. But again, does it run your life? That's the big question. Right. And I think with the stuff that you're talking about, again, starting from the basics of what we know the human body and brain needs sleep. It, it, it has to have quality sleep, even more so than necessarily quantity. I think everybody's quantity is a little bit different, but qu good quality. We know people can sleep 12, 14 hours and get zero from it. <laughs> if, they're, if they're not getting into the, the healthy cycle of REM and Delta sleep, it's a waste of time because it's either, and it can be alcohol that prevents it because it's sedated sleep or prescription drugs, whatever, that you may be out, time goes by, beats counting the dots on the ceiling, I guess, but you're not getting what it needs. Some of what you're speaking uh, to is I, I 
didn't say this earlier, but we have a third component. It's a headset. Yes. And so we use both light and sound. Mm -hmm. And so part of the mechanisms in that headset are what does what you're talking about with the isochronal tones, right? Mm -hmm. uh, shifting between the different brainwave states. Mm -hmm. um, we help to kind of flush the uh, post-traumatic information out of active memory, right? Mm -hmm. And so we help address a lot of these concerns with that third component as well. And so the three different components together are what make up the totality of the program. And so you're getting that through the hearing. What is it in the visual part? Uh, we have light uh, that uses bilateral stimulation. Okay. So we know um, from a couple of decades plus of research that that bilateral stimulation is a mechanism uh, that's used uh, to help flush things that are stuck in active memory, kind mm -hmm. of like a hair in a drain, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. it flushes it out, it puts it into short-term and long-term memory. Um, it does a couple of different things. Number one... Uh, you know, a lot of times when people have something stuck in active memory, they can have a similar sight, smell, sound, similar situation sure. that bumps into that. And instead of a reaction of a three or a four, they have a reaction of an eight or a nine. Sure. And part of the problem is you don't know what that is right. necessarily. Right. And so it could be some kind of a smell that you don't even realize that you've associated with the traumatic mm -hmm. event. Sure. That is that triggering factor. And so, you know, you're out doing your job and all of a sudden this hits mm -hmm. and you feel shifted. Sure. And so uh, the headset helps to kind of clear that out. And what we found is a lot of the folks that weren't willing to do counseling because mm -hmm. they felt like counseling would put them in a situation to where they would relive their trauma. Mm -hmm. Now they can do that because whenever they think about those events, it's like watching it on a screen sure. as opposed to reliving it. So a lot of people are much more willing to participate in a lot of the other wellness programs that police stations and fire stations have spent so much time and energy developing. Sure. I like the way you put it, Mike, when we met a couple of weeks ago. I think you were the one talking about a client that had talked about it, it was like they could see people trying to push their triggers or, or push their buttons, but it wouldn't work or something. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. So that that is probably one of the the coolest outcomes that I hear time and time again from people that complete a program, um, they, the, we all know that we have triggers, right? Sure. There's certain things, there's buttons you push, and who knows those buttons better than those my wife to you? <laughs> <laughs> my children. <laughs> no, no, it's for sure. And so, you know, we'll have people go through the program and like halfway into the program, they'll come to us with this look on their face of, you know, bewilderment and they go I, I don't know what happened but I went home my spouse started you know pushing the buttons and I looked at him and I was like nah whatever <laughs> and they said I usually trigger and this time I just decided to let it go and that was that was like a game changer sure well you think about you know you mentioned earlier uh 
what you're doing, Susan, the great work in helping understand the value of home life and the quality of life mm -hmm. after work. Yes. And and I'll I'll never forget we had a group of I won't say who they were, but first responders, military. Military. Uh-huh. And one of the guys went that went through the program, he stood up there to his other fellow teammates and said, Listen guys, I'm gonna tell you right now that we go out and save the world, right? Mm -hmm. We're we're these champions, we're these heroes. But if you come home after your career and you don't have a home, you don't have, you know, your wife or your children any longer sitting there waiting for you. Yep. What was the purpose? And he goes, you got to do this yep. because we're bringing this stuff home. Absolutely. Whether you mm -hmm. like it or not, we're bringing the stuff home and, you know, and you're, and you're heightened, you're triggerable, you're, sure. and you don't know it, huh? you know. Is there norm? Yeah. Because yeah. they spend more time there than they do at home. That's what we tell them. I, I have officers all the time who look at me and go, I don't bring my job home. And I just start laughing. <laughs> they go, bring your wife and your kids in here. Let's have that conversation. Or in trainings, you'll see the wife look, look at him like, what is he talking about? <laughs> and I'll go, you may not bring it home in your words, but your mood, we know. We used to raise yellow labs. Our labs could tell, by the way, Marshall walked in the back door. Was this a day to go hide in the bedroom? Or was this a day to bring the balls and go, let's go play? They do, but they aren't even aware of it. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm such an introvert, as y'all have already figured out, that I can even remember being so subtle that he would come home and I would literally go, time out. And I'd sit a chair in the middle of the kitchen floor and hold a flood lamp bulb over my head and say, okay, go ahead. And he'd look at me, I'd go, interrogation much? <laughs> no idea, not a clue, but you're absolutely right. And, you know, so in turn, this is then also helping save marriages and families. And when you look at the financial impacts of those things as a nation, you know, it's all so connected and it isn't just about, not, there's no one-stop shop fix-all. Everything kind of has to be able to play well together. And there's a need for all of it. And this to me is a, just a a huge component that I'm really sorry it took me a year to really get on board, to be honest with you, because I really did. I, you know, I had I mentioned y'all had seen the neurostimulation down in Florida, and that's hooked to the brain, and it's something that they do in 10 treatments over maybe a 30-day, 60-day program. And I, and I just couldn't make the connection of how you do that without things hooked up to the head. But then in sitting through um, you know, and our, our director of operations has no problem. She talks to anybody and everybody. And if mm -hmm. she were in here, she'd be talking about right. it. But she um, she has seen huge differences in irritability levels, those triggers that you're talking about, um, her sleep, all of it. And it's made a difference in her home life. And so this is something that really people need to get out of their own way. They don't know what they don't know. And so, like myself, uh, but when you sit in on this and it's explained to you, it just makes perfect sense and you're watching it. So when, when my youngest, who's now 25, which seems crazy, um, when he was younger, um, he was diagnosed with pandas. I don't know if you know what that is. It's an autoimmune disorder. Uh, so basically when he gets sick, uh, the antibodies that the body would produce cross the blood brain barrier and attack the frontal lobe of his brain. So it's almost like he had a stroke. So we went to um, 
somebody that did the neurobiofeedback and they would hook him up to some electrodes and he'd sit and watch different computer programs. And it was at first I was like, yeah, what is this? But then I would I would see over that next week, you know, I would see him do certain things and I had to fill out a questionnaire the next time we go in. This is what I saw. And the doctor was great. He'd go, OK, I'll make a few tweaks and that'll be gone. And it, it was like magic. I was like, I don't see these these same issues. It, I, it was just really mind boggling for me. Um, but I'm also just a dumb motor cop. So, you know, with a TBI, <laughs> let's add that in there too. Yeah. So I, I know what he went through while, you know, that he was watching the different computer programs and stuff. So can you explain to our listeners what it is? If I go in for a session, what does that look like? Right. Am I what getting happens? stuff hooked up? Because, you know, some people get kind of freaked out about you're now you're attaching stuff to my brain. And <laughs> yeah. So the, we, We've tried to make this very easy and accessible. So the first part of the program, you put your hand on a hand cradle that uses galvanic skin response mm -hmm. to talk back and forth with your brain. It looks like a, a computer mouse with stainless steel yeah, that's what I was gonna on say. It's what it looks right. like. Wow. Yeah. And so that's get your bio mapping, right? Okay. Of here's where we're starting and here's where we're headed. And then we have a headset. It's much like these, except for it's got a light visor that pulls on. Looks like so video game stuff. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Very comfortable, like a VR set. Yeah. Uh, and you kick back on a zero gravity chair and you relax for mm. 10 minutes twice a week. Wow. And yeah. a lot of people say that's kind of like a neuro spa. <laughs> there you go. Because you're just. That's what I'll tell people. I'm going to the neuro easy. spa. There you go. There you I go. like that name. Yeah, that is good. <laughs> so that's that's pretty much the process. Wow. Yeah. I'm, so we've had some chiefs go through the program and they'll come in and they go, I don't want to talk about anything. <laughs> you like, won't remember. Don't worry. <laughs> no, and we're like. Yeah, this isn't that kind of program. Uh, uh, you right. don't have to say anything. Just relax. Mm -hmm. You don't have to say a word. Yeah. So I think that's also one of the refreshing points of this program is that they can just relax and kind of, you know, watch watch it happen and start seeing the outcomes. Right. And then sure. they get to a point where they do want to talk. And I think, Susan, that's where, where you guys really um, can do amazing things. Sure. When So we do an onboarding interview. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards we do, you know, uh, a completion interview. The number one thing that we hear on the onboarding interview, we say, well, what is it that you're looking to accomplish? I just want to sleep. So that's the only problem they think they have. Right. right? Just like you're saying, <laughs> yeah. I'm not irritable. I'm not, I'm, I'm I got no issues. Right. So just can't sleep. Just, just ask my wife. <laughs> yeah, I just want to sleep. If I can sleep, then I'll, I'll be doing great. Sure. At the end of the program, most of them say, like we say, what was, what did you get out of this program? What was sure. the greatest thing? And they go, I got my family back. I got mm -hmm. my life back, yeah. my quality mm -hmm. of life. All they're talking about is after work stuff. Sure. I mean, it's amazing. Sure. Um, but another thing that I was thinking about that, that I wanted to add was that um, when we talk about uh, triggers, you know, we talked about people, you know, relaxing and now they're able to almost slow down time and see that somebody's trying to trigger them, but they're not going to do it. Yep. It's like creating space mm -hmm. between the friction, mm -hmm. right? And so now you've got insulation between two friction points. Sure. Um, and that's just your brain. I mean, that's, 
I, I'd like to say that's nothing we're doing. That's just putting your brain back in optimal performance. That's what it's supposed to do. Sure. Um, but when they talk about getting involved in, you know, situations at work, mm -hmm. we hear stories about officers saying, I don't know what happened, but time slowed down. And I was able to see multiple solutions play out and see the outcomes before making a decision. But it was like split second. <laughs> sure. And that's really cool. Right. Sure. And right. So so when we talk about improved reaction time, mm -hmm. um, like, for instance, uh, there's, there's a group in Texas uh, law enforcement that we work with where they have to be tested every every year, and they actually test reaction time. Well, the people who have gone through our program are more accurate on their decision-making and faster nice. on the response. Mm. And so, which is not a surprise, really, because sure. if your brain is cluttered and you're not sleeping and you're, I mean, sleep deprivation is the, the cause of irritability, everything. memory everything. loss. Yeah. Everything. You don't want to do anything. You have Focus. no energy. Yeah. Everything. All of those things. So that's a, that's the first you know, sure. That's the first thing that we work on. But after that, all of the improvements just really create super cops. You know? Sure. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it's putting them in a position to succeed every time they go out. Sure. Right. Well, and it's like I was telling, explaining to somebody when I was first diagnosed in graduate school with adult ADD, and I got on the medication. I said the only way I could explain it is I had no idea that it was running like this. But you remember the old time uh, cartoons where the hands on the clock would just spin. That was my world. And when I got on medication, it was like everything slowed down. So there wasn't the need for the adrenaline and the panic to jump from one thing to the next to the next and not finish anything. It There was time and no more time than I already had, but the brain believed there was more time so you could get things done. And that impacts self-esteem. That, that impacts so many things. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we already know depression, one of the places it comes from besides genetics is environment. And so, again, that environmental component of improving sleep improves everything else along with it. And so now we're getting away from, you know, this is about depression and DSMs mm -hmm. and diagnosing and things that get people's guns and badges removed <laughs> and that kind of stuff. It, it, it just all makes such sense that when you start there, then everything else is going to get better. You're going to you're going to have more energy to go to do things with your kids, get out and play with them, coach their stuff. Because, again, now you're getting more time in your day perception wise, rather than sitting on the couch with that stupid remote and <laughs> click it or a video game. Yeah, great point. And that's why, you know, when they hear things like it's just a video headset. This generation coming up, they practically born with those things on their head. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, it, it isn't as as complex. I think the program itself is very complex, but you have a computer program that runs that. Mm -hmm. It isn't like they got to answer questions and try to direct it at all, which is really nice um, because yeah. they're always I, making decisions. I like to say, um, and this is just my analogy, but. You know, we have a thousand or thousands of rooms inside our brain, right? Mm -hmm. And they hold memories or they hold, you know, trauma or they hold whatever. And, you know, a therapist, a talk therapist is going to discover that. They're mm -hmm. going to walk with you down the hallway and try to open doors to the rooms. Mm -hmm. And and it requires work on your end because you're going to have to answer questions and remember things. Sure. Well, I feel like the, the analogy is like 
our technology turns on the light in every room. Sure. Because what we're looking for is not necessarily trauma, but we're looking for the effects of the trauma, which yes. is overperforming or underperforming mm -hmm. areas or stressors, right? Sure. So you don't have to tell me, oh, I had this experience for us to get to that side of the brain. We can already see something's not right there. <laughs> right. And so we're just trying to balance it out. Absolutely. And so we don't need to hear the story. But at some point, as you've learned, people are going to want to talk about it mm -hmm. and it's not going to trigger them any longer. Exactly. And so we do see a great collaboration with, you know, folks like you mm -hmm. and, you know, any, anyone in the space, mental health professional therapists. Um, but this is an additional benefit and a solution that sure. can help get get us to the place where you're moving forward. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I know y'all are on a, a timeline here and, and, you know, we certainly want to have you come back also, because I think this is going to be a, a, a friendship and a partnership here, but with under the shield, because uh, like I said, I went from, this is a bunch of hoo-ha to uh, I'm a hundred percent on board and excited to start the program going to my neuro spa twice a week. <laughs> Can't wait. This is going to be awesome. As I'm going to start explaining it. We'll have everybody sign up wanting to do this now. You know, it'd also be nice to to get like a list for you guys of where in Arizona, since we deal with so many different agencies in Arizona, yes. where do you have these areas that they can go in and start these sessions? And then how do they get involved with you guys. But it would be nice to have like a, a listing so that if I'm talking to somebody that's in another part of the state right. and think, wow, this would be really good to get them into Batania, how do we do that? Yeah, right. as, because departments are coming on right. regularly. It isn't like everybody's already on and, and this is a fluid situation. Yeah, we just started um, onboarding police departments is it about 12 months ago or less? August of last year. Yeah, August. Okay, so... Um, so the word is just getting out, but yeah, we're, we're in, um, you know, a lot of different locations and departments with MCSO, uh, Phoenix PD, Mesa, Tempe, Chandler, Gilbert, uh, PD and Fire, all those, um, you know, so that. And we're hoping to see it open up into others. We're trying to help y'all yep. make some connections right. in places yep. too also, because yeah. I think sometimes it just takes hearing it from somebody that they mm -hmm. trust or, right. or goes, eh, yeah, it's nothing sure. to gain here. Yeah, but, um, but we've also launched in, you know, I mean, we're we're in Pinal County. Yes. Uh, Florence, uh, um, Flagstaff, Sholo. Yeah, so we've... And we, I know down toward the border, too. I know you're working on, yeah, yeah, some if they're already in place down there. I don't know yet. I know we were contacted by Yuma County Sheriff's Department. What did we know about it? And that was something else that prompted me to start doing more research into it. Yeah, so one of the, the greatest benefits of this program... I, I feel with this Arizona contract is usually when something this advanced gets launched, it's it's sucked up mm -hmm. by the you know Maricopa County, anybody close by. Sure. And I know the governor specifically was interested in making sure that this was available to, you know, everybody far and wide, small departments uh, where they don't have resources. Yep, right. Like Phoenix, Mesa, and those do have. Yeah, Absolutely, it's the, important. This whole mental health fallout. Uh, from, uh, I, I hate to say it's from COVID, but uh, COVID definitely didn't help. Absolutely. Right. But it was already brewing beforehand. But a lot of it is in rural America. Yes. You know, and and I think it was the, I can't remember who, the one of the major governmental health organizations said that in a lot of areas throughout the United States, there's one mental health professional for 30,000 people. <laughs> 
That doesn't no. work. No. Right. No. When uh -uh. you've got a third of us that are suffering from some sort of mental health you know, condition, sure. and there's one therapist, then how are you going to work with that? So, so it was really exciting for us to, to focus on making sure that we got um, access mm -hmm. to anyone and everyone throughout the state of Arizona that wanted to go through a program. And I think it's important to say, because we're dealing with part of this population, the law enforcement side is a very paranoid bunch of people. Um, and, and paranoid means prepared in this industry. But there's no documentation. There's no thing that their chiefs or sheriffs can get or that anybody can subpoena and, and get that's going to show that they've got this issue or that issue or something else, correct? Absolutely no. We're uh, entirely HIPAA compliant uh, because the state did fund this program. We're responsible for giving the state information, but we do that holistically. So um, recently I filled out a report that basically said of 500 officers that are going through the program, these are the results that we're seeing. Sure. It doesn't differentiate by individual, by department, by any yeah, of that. That's good. That's good. And, and that's what, that's what, and, and to be honest, in all fairness and disclosure here, I set your little coach up and asked some questions and kind of set her up in a situation that it could be a positive if you had these things to show and, and it, I should have been a detective, I'm telling you. Um, but the reality of the matter is, is we would not be attaching our name to it if we weren't 100% confident that there isn't anything here that can come back and bite somebody yeah. because then that comes back on all of us. And that's that's our big thing here. Yeah. It's a performance program and they get a certificate of completion and that's a positive. It's sure. saying that I'm now in a better spot to, sure. you know, to get promotions and do whatever I need to do. Sure. Well, and again, like I said, we'll have y'all back on as this begins to grow around the country. And again, under the shield, we really want to uh, want to help make that happen. And uh, can't thank you enough for taking the time out. I know you've got to run into Phoenix, uh, Mike. So we just want you to know that we're excited about this partnership. And anyway, we can help here in Arizona and then in other states. Uh, we're all on board and already making calls and got some other ideas and things that I do want to uh, run by you guys and we'll we'll come to your Stacy will come to your side of the world he makes that <laughs> he makes the trek all the way from the West Valley people out here if it's not 10 minutes from you it's a day trip you need a party bus to come over to the East Valley from the West um, but we'll we'll continue to update our audience we'll talk about this uh, also and all of our stress coaches we want to get them on board and so we're just real excited about this because I think this is something that's a game changer mm -hmm. that you don't have to go into a treatment 30 day program to get something like this. And again, don't don't be freaked out over the six months twice a week kind of thing, because it is minimal investment time for it to do what it needs to do. So that's exciting. So, Mike, thank you very much for your time and taking the time out. Stacy, you also. And uh, we'll let you. Remove your headphones. Are y'all together? Did y'all come together? No. Okay. We'll let you duck on out. I know you got to get to Phoenix. Thank you. Great to be here. Thank Talk you. To you guys later. Yes, absolutely. Pause that a minute. Just sit pause. All right. So 
Dr. Stacy Smith. I'm not going to call you doctor except down here. But That's quite all right. <laughs> we think a lot alike, <laughs> which is kind of scary for you, dear. Hey, I'm okay with it. <laughs> um, you don't know her that well. Yeah. I don't know. Our first meeting was about three hours. Yes, it was. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're just real excited and honored to to be able to try to help this because, again, this is what it's all about is it, it isn't about a one-stop shop. There's just too many, too many things out there and we're all learning. And for this to have been around as long as it is, I'm just sorry, because it started out here about the time I moved out here, because I've been out here right about 11 years. Okay. Um, so we're just excited about that. So do we have any other business that under the shield we need to be wrapping up? No, uh, just looking forward to maybe if you're one of our listeners out there, maybe you should be talking to your department about getting us in to do some training, especially if you're one of the departments that are um, under the AMRRP. And uh, that's c- Arizona Municipal Means. Risk Retention Pool. For right. those of you, it's it's none of the agencies that are self-insured. It's pretty much all the others. Right. And, and they do your professional liability insurance. Yes. And they've contracted with us to do a bunch of training this year. So it's free. It, yeah. It's free to you guys. So hit up your training guys to give us a call. Yeah. And we'll be talking about Batania and these trainings also yes. and educating them on what they need to do and how to find out. And, you know, if there's a way y'all can kind of let us know as departments come on and add equipment or who has equipment where those kinds of things that would be helpful also. And absolutely, um, you know, and if we're close enough in the vicinity of where you are, we'll get you to come stick your head in and introduce yourself and explain and watch all these cops and firefighters <laughs> eyes spin in their eye sockets and everything. But uh, I, I just think it, it's, it's real easy just to dismiss things when you don't know what you don't know. Right. And uh, this is, this is too important. And again, 31 years, I haven't put under the shields name to very many things I don't even know that it would fill up one hand, to be honest with you. But this is something that we're jumping in both feet, everything, because we're big believers. And and I'll be talking about how I'm feeling again, starting next podcast, because right. uh, I will have gotten two sessions in by the next podcast. And so I'll be talking about my experiences with it, too. And uh, so who knows, in six months, you may have a new host here. (laughs) Same name, same crazy voice with Southern accent, but a whole different attitude. We'll see. My son is going, yeah, right. Sure, mom. (laughs) Whatever you say. Can't teach an old dog new tricks. (laughs) Not at her age. (laughs) The dementia (laughs) overrides all those things. (laughs) But we want to thank our audience uh, for tuning in again for whatever episode this is. I'm sure Joel, our producer, will figure it out. And uh, we want to remind you that any of you out there, first responders, military, and families, call us on our crisis line 24-7. If, uh, when you dial 855-889-2348, when you hit extension 1, we do not have your phone number. And you will get a stress coach. It may ring a few times as it's rolling from one stress coach, whoever's available. It's got to get to the one that's available but you're not going to get voicemail. But if we get disconnected during the call, you have to call us back because we only have the number you dialed, not the number you dialed from. That's right. When we say anonymity, we take that as to the lowest common denominator that we can. And without a phone number, we got no idea where you are in the country. <laughs> um, and so, but if you want to talk to me, you can hit extension two. David Cohen in Alabama is three. Tom, you're four. Yep. Uh, my cell number, if you want to talk to me directly, is 
3570. Uh, I tell people text me during the daytime because I'm usually in session. Uh, I do check text way before I get to voicemail, but at night I always call. And again, it's twenty four seven number. Uh, Tom, your cell? My cell phone is 480-861-6574. You can call, text, whatever. It doesn't matter. I'll, I'll get to it. That's yeah. for sure. And uh, again, if you want information about Vitania, reach out to us. We can get you in touch with the powers that be and what this needs to look like and all of that. And really, the goal is to spread throughout the entire country, correct? Absolutely. So we, we want to be a part of that and help facilitate that any way we can. So reach out to us. Again, families, we know it, it's hard to be on that side. I was there for 20 years. Um, reach out to us. Sometimes we can give you some things to do that will help you get your first responder or military person even to reach out to us. Uh, but in the meantime, whether they will or not, we're here to support you as well. So don't feel like you have to go through your first responder or military person. We're here. That's what Under the Shield does. We work with the families, too, right. and really appreciate the sacrifices that all of you make to make this this world a better place, because we sure as heck couldn't do it without you, mm. and, and that's why we're here. So reach out to us, and uh, hope you'll come back next week, and God bless you. God bless your families in this great nation that we live in. Stacy, thank you, and Mike has darted out to another meeting, but we will get you guys back in here again. Thank you, Susan. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Have a blessed day.